Please rise for their majesties of Royally Obsessed, the podcast for all things royals. Three cheers for His Majesty the King. Hi, Roros. It's Rachel. A bit of a special episode this week while Roberta is out of office in Egypt. We're joined by the incomparable Elizabeth Holmes, friend of the pod and author of HRH So Many Thoughts on Royal Style to chat about, well, royal style. In fact, Roberta and I thought it would be fun to bring you a September issue of sorts as the month comes to a close and as a way to express our appreciation for all the royal fashion we've enjoyed over the past month. And there's no better person to discuss the highs and lows of it all with than Elizabeth. Welcome back to Royally Obsessed. Oh my gosh, thank you for having me. I'm just laughing that the last time I saw you, we were eating coronation chicken at Claridge's, (laughs) which was very good, which was fabulous, by the way. I mean, that was like a highlight of my trip. Yes. You guys, the food, the whole ambiance, it was incredible. I had no idea that coronation chicken would be so delicious, actually. I love it. And that it's like not my thing, but it was, it's like, it is my thing now. (laughs) Yes, I know. I was sad. I I mean, I feel like it's like, should be a year round thing. They need to serve it more stateside. Yes. All right. Well, diving in, fall and winter, as I said, are upon us. And with all, as with all September issues, now's the time to think about trends. And we want to talk about the royal variety, of course. So I'd love to hear from you. What have been the highlights for you over the last four weeks with, when it comes to royal dressing? Today, I'm thinking about Catherine and her suits. I mean, so I have obviously followed Kate's style for a long time now, and I'm very interested in the way that she sequences her outfits. And we started to see that at the beginning of the year, like back in January, I was like, oh, there was a uniform emerging that she was sort of relying on sort of this, I don't know, I kind of call it like an equation. There was always like a nice knit or a blazer with some trousers and you could sort of see a pattern emerge. And I was calling it Kate's uniform in in the winter and into the spring. And now in the fall, it's sort of sharpened into suits. I love this for her, if I'm being honest, because I feel like there is um, such a vibe and suits are trending right now, right? They're they're everywhere. But it's such a professional, you know, woman at work vibe. But Kate is doing it too in a way that like she's embracing royal colors too, you know, jewel tones and things like that. So she still sort of stands out. But suits, we've seen so many suits from her. I know. I loved the Burberry today, the rich green. That was just such a surprise, but also just a really, really solid piece and version of her work uniform. I feel the same way that it's truly when you look back at what Kate has worn in September, it has been her quote unquote work uniform, mostly. Yes, we've seen so much of her too. I wanted to ask, like, what do you make of the cadence of royal engagements right now? Because they were gone, right, for a lot of the summer. August is always a quiet month for the Windsors, but suddenly, you know, they come back and it's like multiple engagements a week and there's so much fashion to digest in a way. What do you think of that? Well, I feel like it's also hard to anticipate, especially with the Waleses. Like, you know, I'm kind of always refreshing the royal news to see what's happening, but this was not something that was on my royal calendar to see her today. And I think unless, I mean, was it on... are you aware that this engagement was happening? No, and I feel like they're doing more of that. It was like in COVID and then post-COVID, they're doing more of these like surprise engagements. And it's to, I th- as I understand it, to sort of maintain crowds and, and security yeah. and things like that, which I get. But I, I, so I live in California and I wake up and I check Instagram like before my eyes are even open. And I'm like, did she step out today? <laughs> because it's like when they're in their busy season, it's like any day could be a day for a royal engagement. Yes. And we actually had Daniela Ralph from the BBC on last week, and we were asking her about this because there also doesn't seem to be as much mindfulness in terms of overlap, right? You have so, I think we got so ingrained in this idea that you couldn't, you know, usurp another player in the family by stealing the headlines and all that stuff. But now it just feels a little frenetic. 
It does. And I think too, um, I mean, I was a newspaper reporter for 10 yeah. years and I think about the finite amount of press coverage that, that especially in newspapers, right? There's a one front page and Kate and her fashion are often the, the person that gets that front page spot. And I yeah. wonder too, in the Royal ranks, how that plays out because when they are, when there's multiple people stepping out on the same day, there's only one person that's going to make the front page. Yeah. It's very fascinating to watch. And I think that that's been an aspect of fall in addition to the fashion that I've been conscious of and wondering how that's going to continue to play out. Well, I wonder, so last week, you know, last week when William was in New York and the France visit oh, was yes. about to kick off, Kate wore that beige suit mm-hmm. and the late Queen Elizabeth had that quote that if she wore beige, no one would know who she was. And I always think of beige as a color where you're sort of like blending in. It's kind of like lower key. And I've I when I saw Kate step out in that tan suit, I was like, "Oh, this is the lowest key you can play it right now." It's like it was very sort of just minimal, and I mean, it was beautiful, but it wasn't in any way like flashy. There wasn't a lot to talk about, and I was like, "Oh, this is the lowest key version of royal fashion that we can see," and it was still a suit. That is such a good point. I feel like I'm trying to figure out: do we go back to more highlights here? Because while we're on the subject of last week, Camilla, I wanted to talk to you about this, and I know you don't typically talk about Camilla, but we also had such a splashy week from her, starting with the suit that she stepped off the plane in in France, where it was a very beautiful pastel pink that made me think of Queen Elizabeth II. It did. And so, you know, in my book, HRH, Camilla is not one of the four women that I profiled. It has the Queen, Diana, Kate, and Meghan. And I got asked quite a bit when that book came out, you know, why not Camilla? And having looked at her fashion and sort of studied her fashion, I've always felt that she does not perhaps lean into fashion or use fashion in the ways that other royal women have. And I want to say that I totally understand that because for so many years, she was up against the comparison of Diana and nobody used royal fashion the way that Diana did. And I don't think anybody ever will. I mean, Diana was a fashion icon. And so this is just to say, like, I don't blame Camilla for opting out of fashion because the comparison would be impossible for Mm -hmm. anybody, right? But now that she is queen, I do think we are seeing Camilla lean into fashion a little bit more. I also have to believe that Charles is kind of sensitive to this, right? Because obviously he was um, up against Diana's fashion and the attention that that garnered for so long. But this this France visit, my goodness. I was like, Camilla, well done. Like she really delivered. And it's interesting because remember how the France visit was supposed to be tacked onto the German, the German state visit, right? They were supposed to be going to France and Germany and they had to postpone the France part. And the German fashion that we saw, I remember being like, oh, wow. I mean, this was pre-coronation, right? She was, it was sort of a quieter time in the spring, but that fashion on that trip to Germany did not wow me. I will say it looked very familiar to Camilla. It was very dark colors. It was, you know, it was springtime. It was a different sort of vibe. But I was like, oh, okay, we're just not going to do fashion right now. Okay. But then, so I was wondering if she, I don't know, you know, if if they had the wardrobe prepped for France and they just pressed paused or if they, you know, zhuzhed it up now that she's, you know, post-coronation and now that, you know, she's known as queen. I'm curious if if those clothes are the same. But this last week, I, I kept, catching Camilla's fashion. And I was like, wow, this is really lovely. And I think, it, you know, there's a couple of different things that she's doing. She's she's embracing color in a really meaningful way. That's very reminiscent, right, of Queen Elizabeth. Yeah. And also she's just, um, she's showing this sort of like elegant side, you know, that caped Dior gown for the dinner at Versailles. I mean, that was what made my mouth drop. Like, and I, and when you saw that, I mean, not to like 
you know, demoted to being in my feed, but it's scrolling. It was so striking and so beautiful at Versailles to see that look. So beautiful. And you think about it like, you know, a, a woman in her 70s, how much are you going to play around with shapes and fabrics and things like that? I remember I, I'm had lunch with Bruce Oldfield after the yes. coronation and he was talking about creating her coronation gown and what she wanted from it. And it sort of reminded me of that with the cape, you know, and it was just, but it was a lighter fabric. And the fact that the Navy matched the first lady of France's yes. gown too, I was just like, this is beautiful. You guys have done very well. I agree. Do you think that matching was intentional, accidental? That was one question we had. I, you know, I, my hunch is that they would have both known what the other, at least the color of what yeah. the other person was wearing. And I think by matching, it made for a very, very chic and very like sort of unified front, right? There was so much yeah. of this visit that was about the connection between the two countries. And then earlier in the week, I believe it was earlier, but but they were wearing sort of complementary colors in red and white. And I was like, oh, you guys, somebody was on yeah. top of this yeah. because all the pictures looked really beautiful and like their clothes were speaking to one another. And I think that's so important in these visits. And we haven't, Queen Elizabeth didn't tour at the end of her life, yeah. right? She didn't make these visits. And so it's very fun to see Charles and Camilla sort of step into it. I know. I, I, I definitely found a lot of excitement following along on that, that particular state visit. I know we have another one coming up that will take place in the UK. We just got word of. Yes. Okay. I'm taking you all over the place, but I did want to go back to Kate for another minute about some fall fashion news that you and I exchanged a couple emails about that was incredibly splashy. I loved your newsletter. The news about Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen. I feel like this was headlines of fall. Oh my gosh. I was like, I it, it took me like days to process this. I was like, what's that? Sarah? What? She's leaving. <laughs> When I when I think about Sarah Burton and what she has done with McQueen and with Catherine, I think of her like Norman Hartnell and the Queen Elizabeth early years because she Sarah Burton has just been such an influential force in shaping Kate's public image. And Kate, you know, turned to that brand at a time that it really needed that attention. And I think the relationship between the two has been so special. And I have to believe it will continue that Sarah will continue designing, you know, whether it's her own label or in some other capacity for the princess because it's just too special of yes. a relationship. It needs yes. to continue. I know. Well, you described, I think, in your newsletter as as we kind of think of Kate's fashion choices from these early years with Jenny Packham, Catherine Walker, and Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen. So it is something I think everyone is going to be following to see. And we're really, as you said, I'm quoting you, watching history take shape. I love that idea that we're covering this in real time and getting to see what plays out. And I do think like of those three designers, because it's such a, if you, if you think about these women can wear, like royal women can wear anybody, right? And so the fact that they hone in and they sort of have their stable of very trusted people who know them, who know the demands of the job, who know, you know, how they want to present themselves, how things photograph, you know, those three labels are Kate's go-to. And of those, I would say that McQueen is really the top. I mean, starting with that amazing wedding dress that yeah. made royal fashion history, but truly like over and over again. I mean, the coronation was McQueen and it's like, it's Sarah Burton for McQueen. And mm -hmm. so my question, I guess, I think Sarah Burton will continue dressing Catherine. Yes. But I wonder what the relationship will be like with McQueen and Catherine, because clearly 
Kate at this point must know more people <laughs> that work yeah. for that Grindhouse and who, you know, who they decide to bring in as the new creative director and what that looks like. And, you know, I just, it is like watching history take shape. And these moments, these are, these are the clothes that hang in the museums, you know, yes, for decades yes. to come. And it's so important. And so I'm just very curious to see how this all goes. I, you know, I hope that Sarah Burton, my, my like selfish wish is that she starts her own line because how fun that would be and what, what possibilities that would hold. Yes. Oh, I totally agree. You have a favorite um, Sarah Burton from McQueen, Kate, look? Oh my gosh. This is such a good question. I mean, I, I think her wedding look is the most iconic in my mind that always jumps out. Do you have a favorite one? Well, so there's one gown that always jumps out to me. I mean, obviously the wedding dress is the dress and that would be my favorite if I was The tailoring, I just always think of that, right? That moment was just everything. It like, it walked that line between being big enough for the moment, but not so big that Kate didn't shine through. Yes. It was so important. I mean, there was that that moment in 2011 was it was the what brought in so many of us. I mean, myself included. That's when I started following the Windsors, and it's such a fine line between like this the commoner marrying the prince, right? But yeah. it was delivering on a fairy tale. Anyway, it's exquisite. But uh, the dress that I think about a lot is in the fall of 2018, Kate wore that one-shouldered, ruched, blue McQueen gown to a state dinner. Is that where she had the Victorian order? Yes. And so the fall of 2018 was when Kate really was a decided moment, I think, where she leaned into fashion more. And I remember seeing her in this gown and being like, what? (laughs) It was so, it was one of those moments where I just was like staring. I was like, what is she? Oh my God. Like it was so, it was like several steps ahead in terms of like fashion forwardness than we had seen from her before. It wasn't just this like soft princess. It was like, I am like owning this moment and I'm trying something new. And that was, that was Sarah Burton for Alexander McQueen. And I'm like, yes, you're, we, we've taken, you know, Kate from this, you know, commoner narrative. And now she's like stepping into her own and really embracing fashion in a Diana-esque kind of way of like, of, of, you know, sort of twirling in it a little bit. And I love that dress. Anyway, I think of that. Or the, you know, there was the, the navy. There was it was for a reception, I think. It was that navy velvet dress with a strong shoulder and a deep V. And it showed off the jewels. And it was kind of reminiscent of Diana's Travolta dress. Yes. But, yes. but a couple of times when I'm like, Sarah Burton is paying attention to totally Diana's fashion. Yes. And she's just sort of moving it forward where you're like, is it, is it inspired? But it's enough that it, it, you know, serves up the comparison. And anyway, I love it. Oh, it's yeah, it's very exciting to see what is coming up. Now, total subject change, Megan and Invictus. This Ugh. was another highlight of fall for me, I'm sure for you too. Did you have a favorite look from that? What was your reaction to having sort of a, it wasn't a royal tour, I know, but we had so many outfit changes in, over the course of the week. I think it's as close as we're going to get to a royal tour from the Sussexes now in their new life. And I, I loved it. And I loved the very, it felt like a very conscious pivot here to embrace more accessible fashion. Because really since, um, you know, moving to America and sort of restarting things, Megan has worn a lot of really fancy clothes. And like, listen, I would if I could, you know, I mean, they're yeah, beautiful designer, high fashion pieces. But for something like Invictus, I think it was really um, the right move to start wearing things like J. Crew again. And, you know, and, and these sort of accessible brands that suddenly, you know, people feel a connection to and people can shop. I mean, I bought the J. Yes, Crew what did you buy? sweater blazer. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I clicked purchase so fast. I mean, the, the website crashed, I think. And then as soon as it was back up, I was like, yep, I'll, I want one. And I've worn it a couple of times and it's so fun. It's oh. a really great piece. I think what Megan did, I mean, it was 
it's so um, if you look at the, you know, the fashion again in sequence, it was very specific. It was a very specific color palette. It was a very specific sort of like um, silhouette choices. There was a lot of pleated trousers and blazers or blazer like things. My favorite look was the Kiana um, trench oh, coat. Gosh, me too. And, oh my God. She looked phenomenal. And again, it was like that those moments too, I think where she's highlighting a smaller brand. It's owned by two women of color. It's got a very sustainable ethos. It's like, it's yes, that's, that's like the the best of royal fashion to me where they can share their spotlight in such a way that it shines a light on something else that a brand is doing and it looks fabulous and it was you know listen that trench is not necessarily affordable it's six hundred dollars but that's what it costs to make like a really beautiful piece responsibly yeah and i think that's very important and you know we didn't see a lot of bags or you know flashy jewelry or anything like that for Megan it was all like just you know there were slides in there there were flats it was like very beautiful delicate jewelry I thought it was she did a very good job on that tour I mean that tour that that series of, of looks I know yeah. I want to call it a tour as well I keep doing that I I loved the Banana Republic factory dress that was what I bought oh, yes. and it was oh, also like I thought that I wasn't going to get it and then I got it and then it was out of my cart and then I, I guess they just restocked. I saw it where I could pick it up in store. And so I walked over oh. by the deadline to grab it. And it was like, I think someone, I don't know if someone returned it. It had a tiny stain on it. It was very weird, but the stain washed out and I now have it and I love it. Oh. It's a great staple, but it, it felt that where you could just click to buy right away. You didn't have to think too much about it. And they were such classic pieces that are great to add to your rotation in daily life. Yes. And I think it's really good for her to be, you know, to like Banana Republic factory, like a duchess shopping at the factory. Like it's just, it's like, that's a great, that's a great headline for her. That's like a great, a great feeling as a royal follower. You're like, yeah, I can buy that and I can wear it. And then, you know, like when I wore the J Crew white sweater out over the weekend, someone's like, oh, it's the Megan sweater. And I'm like, you know it. That's great. Like that's such a no nobody like there's no other kind of fashion that feels like that. You know, I don't like I don't see celebrities and what they're wearing and want to like run out and buy it in the same way. There's something about royal fashion and accessible pieces and when you wear them how special it feels it's connection. Like it's that's a very unique and special part I think of royal fashion. No, you're so right. There's that really, really exciting connection. I, I totally agree. I told the salesperson, I was like, this is the Meghan Markle dress. And she was all excited because she just handed it to me in a bag. They didn't know exactly what I was buying because I paid online ahead of time, but it was very exciting. I was curious too, with seeing this super successful Invictus Games, do you feel like with her fashion and Meghan's appearances that this is indicative of what we might start to see? What's your take on this with now working with Ari Emanuel? Yeah, you know, I mean, I there's so many rumors flying out there about what she's going to do next and I don't really want to speculate on them, but I do think that the that this teed them up in a really nice way for whatever comes next because I think people just want to see more of them, right? I mean, I do. I feel like they add a lot to the conversation and certainly to the royal fashion conversation and I wonder you know, like the the fact that it was confirmed that she did her own hair and makeup, I thought was also very smart because it's it just made everything feel really accessible. And then I was like, well, now I want to get ready with me. <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> Can know. you imagine if she were turning to her TIG days? Oh. I was just like, oh, yeah, this is really, you know, because we haven't seen a lot of them and because, you know, they're mostly little glimpses or paparazzi shots, which I hate. It's like, no, I, I wonder if this is like baby steps, right, into yes. more public life. And the 
the way they connect with people, right? I mean, the pictures were incredible. And like Harry too, like Harry had some good fashion. at a big really did. I didn't really get into yes. that, but he looked great too. And I was like, yes, can we get a little bit more of this? I know. I felt like William also looked pretty good in New York. I was talking about those waiters. Did you yes. see those pictures? <laughs> I was like, this is a really great moment to see that all come together. And he kind of nailed that whole trip here too, even though it was brief. Yeah, well, what do you make as a as a New Yorker? I'm curious what you make of that trip, and then also of the um, popularity that William is enjoying, according to the polls. <laughs> I mean, I will say that I felt like did that boost his sort of smile on his face, his ego ahead of coming because everyone was referencing that poll and he just seemed so comfortable in his own skin and therefore his clothes. I think for me personally, I was also just so excited at how close to home it was for me to see him in Brooklyn Bridge Park and doing that is something that I do every day. I feel like going to that area. And so knowing he was working with some local public school students, it just was, it kind of had a different impact on me watching, but I did feel that he seemed so comfortable in his own skin on this tour. He trip. did. And he got, and he, because it was just him, right? I, I heard from a bunch of my followers, they're like, why isn't Kate going? I was like, because it would be yes. a Kate story then. Yes. And this has to be the William moment. And the, like the, the walkabout that he did, um, where he was shaking hands, it's like, America doesn't, we don't have that. Like, there's not that many people that would clamor to like shake hands with a public figure <laughs> in the same way. And I thought that was very endearing. I thought, I thought that trip they played it very well because it, like like you, I mean, I lived in Brooklyn for in New York for many years and and I was like, oh, I can picture exactly where he is. And it does hit a little different when you can do that. Exactly. It anchors it in a different way. Yeah. I did want to jump and talk quickly about Diana's sheep sweater because this was another big fall fashion moment. And I remember very well during the pandemic, you were the one to alert the world that there were two versions. Your sleuthing, we, you know, then Sally and Joanna confirmed it. What did you make of this particular moment that how much it sold for and the world's response to this very, you know, at this point ancient, I mean, it's been a long time since, since Diana wore it, the response to it. Well, I think it speaks to just how, uh, significant a piece it is when you talk about royal fashion. And I think that's a couple of reasons. One, the fact that, you know, it the, that first picture of her in it is pre-royal wedding. It's like a very specific moment in time of Lady Diana Spencer. You know, she hadn't gone through the glam makeover. You don't know, need to know anything about royal fashion to see her and be like, oh, that was pre-royal royal Diana, right? And I think the very charming story about how they found it in the attic <laughs> Like, so I mean, well, that's okay. just incredible yes. that they did that. And, and you know, the idea of auctioning it off royal fashion is something that Diana started, right? Because she auctioned off her own dresses. And so that because she did that in my heart, I'm like, okay, we can, you know, put these women's clothing, the women's clothes up for sale. Because a part of me is like, no, it should go to a museum. You know, like yes, I want to yes. see it. I want it to be available to the public to view kind of thing. But because Diana herself was game to auction off some of her clothes, it's sort of. And then that morning, my gosh, I was refreshing on my phone. I was trying to get the kids ready for school. And I was like, because it sat for a while. You know I mean? The auction was a long thing and it sat and it was hovering around, I want to say $200,000. Yeah, I feel like not even. It was so, like 120 or something. And I was like, oh, okay. And a couple of her dresses had just sold here in LA for, you know, $500,000 a piece or something. And I was like, come on, the sweater is really meaningful. I was like starting to root for the sweater. Of course. <laughs> and, then, and then it climbed and it climbed and it climbed. And it was, I 
listen, I, I find something like that quite validating because I am over here always screaming about the importance of clothes and why fashion matters and how how important it is and how these are like personal pieces from, you know, like the to so to see a monetary value assigned to a piece of royal fashion and to see it go for so much, I thought was actually really kind of incredible. I, I'm dying to know who got it. I know, I'm me too. I'm dying to know what they're going to do with it because a tiny part of me wants them to wear it. <laughs> Just one for something, you know, oh, just no. like put it on and see what it feels like. You know, I mean, oh I my gosh, like, absolutely. There's something in Diana's spirit that that speaks to. But then also, like, I, I do hope that it's able to be viewed in some capacity in the future. You know, I, I like selfishly now all of Diana's clothes that are sort of scattered around. I'm like, who has them and what do they do with them? And what would you do with that? I and, know. you know, I mean, what do you make of the price tag? I mean, it was phenomenal, but and like, Yes, I was so excited to see it, but I'm curious what you think. I know. I definitely want it in a museum. I think that would just be so wonderful. And when we actually had the chance to see it in person yes. and they didn't have the case on it because they were filming other media stuff, they just took it off for a few hours. It That terrified me, actually. I was like, I am very much mindful of rules and all that stuff. I, I didn't want to lean yes. anywhere in the direction. I didn't want anyone to assume that I was getting too close or anything, but it was so exciting to be able to see that particular item so close. So I do hope a museum snagged it. So I, so um, they were the lovely ladies at Warm and Wonderful invited me to come to New York to see oh. it. And I was trying very hard to, from LA in the middle of like school starting and all that yeah. stuff. And I was just like, I, I, can't, I can't make it. <laughs> I'm so pumped because when I saw you guys went to see it, I was like, I'm so glad you saw it because it's like, yes, these are these pieces of I think about this in like in earlier this year, I went to the Smithsonian to see some first lady fashion from long ago. And I was talking to the curator of the first ladies exhibition there. And she's like, these are the most personal pieces we have someone's clothing because immediately you can see them in it. You know, it gives shape to this person that so many of us never had a chance to see. And, so, and that sweater, like of all things, is so Diana. It's so I know. Diana. You, it's I so know. worth seeing it in person. I totally agree. Yeah. So all well right. Done. Well, as we wind down this conversation, I did want to mention that it's been a year since the loss of Queen Elizabeth, and this has marked a brand new beginning for many reasons. But fashion-wise, are you seeing any ma major changes in how everyone is dressing? And also kind of what are you most intrigued about going forward? I'm very curious to see where Kate goes this fall because we have Earthshot, we have a state visit. I feel like she is like again, sort of she at least if this year has been any any indication, she's had these very sort of uniform daytime routine appearances where she's wearing something that's beautiful, but not necessarily like makes you stand out or jump out of your seat. But then for the bigger moments, she really leans in. So for evening wear and then like the coronation, you know, I'm so I'm wondering if that cadence will continue where she's like, you know, um, her, her routine day to day is very beautiful, but not exceptional. And then, you know, we have these sort of standout sparkling moments. I also wonder too, if, how much we're going to see in terms of repeats versus new, because we have so far this year seen, or this fall, I will say, seen a lot of repeats and she's styling them in a really interesting and, and cool way, which I like. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm also, I'm like, I have an eye on Camilla now, especially yes! after last week. I'm Will like, you ever start SMT in Camilla or that's off the table? I, I No, I definitely, I definitely am toying with that idea because I think that there are ways in which she is using fashion and um, in a very, she, I guess she's walking this line, right? Because she's not, you know, the monarch, it's Charles, yeah. right? And so, but she's there to support him. And certainly we know she loves a statement 
a statement um, tiara. She loves a statement necklace. She's like very loves into the, the jewels. jewels of it yes. all. A brooch, you know, and this. <laughs> so oh yeah, so I think that's very interesting. And I wonder too if we'll see Megan and Harry with any more regularity. Yeah. You know, I mean, like going forward, I I hope that they find a way so. to do some sort of public facing work that just gets them, you know, out and about and in the conversation because I like to see them. But that's me my too. <laughs> me too. It was a very exciting fall for that reason, I think, to have them as part of the mix. What are you looking forward to? Oh my gosh. Well, I'm curious about Earthshot. I will say because there are some royal rumors that Kate won't be joining William in Singapore, that that's just kind of oh. tabloid reports. But I couldn't understand why that would be the case. It seems so necessary that they're both doing it together. But oh, interesting. Well, it does. Certainly when Kate is there, it makes it about Kate. And that's yeah. just the, that's just like the state of the media right now. I mean, and it has been for a very long time. And so I wonder if he went by himself, if it wouldn't shine more um, attention right on his efforts. Oh, but I hope we do. I know. We're like overdue for a tour. I'm waiting we for are. Charles to like, you know, I mean, after the Queen's coronation, this was obviously many, 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 many years ago, but she went on that epic tour of the Commonwealth. And I'm just like, okay, Charles. Yes. Or like <laughs> What's Australia. Your plan? I'm seeing some rumors yes. about Australia next year. Yes. I think for me, I'm also, it's only because fall is flying for me, Kate's Christmas concert. I'm curious how that oh. will continue to evolve, but it's still a ways away. I'm not trying to wish the fall away, but it is something that I'm excited to see. Yes. I I, I feel like as Princess of Wales, she has sort of sharpened her fashion and her um, approach to fashion in a way that is very interesting. You know, you can look back at Diana's time and very, and sort of segment it into, you know, where she was at and what she was trying to project. And I do feel like this last year, since Kate became Princess of Wales, we are seeing this sort of like, just a, just a sharpening of, of what royal fashion means and how she uses it and when she leans in and when she doesn't. And that, that the doesn't is important too, because, you know, not every moment can be a blockbuster, but you are sort of building this visual brand and this familiarity and yeah the fall well there's a lot there's a lot to come there is elizabeth thank you so much for joining us for this it's always a pleasure and you're welcome <laughs> back anytime open invitation so many thoughts i'm sorry <laughs> talk, talk, talk. i enjoy every one of them so thank you <laughs> thank you what a great chat with elizabeth on that note we will be off next week but then back to bring you all the royal news you need to know on october 12th Reminder, as always, to subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode and follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast. You can also drop us an email with any notes, comments, concerns at info at gallerypodcasts with an S.com. Till then, God save the pod. Her Majesties of Royally Obsessed have retired for this episode. God save the pod. And if you fancy the podcast, give Royally Obsessed the royal rating of five stars on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at Royally Obsessed Podcast and join our Facebook group, Royally Obsessed. Royally Obsessed is a gallery podcast production.